Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's been a few months now since we were in California. Leah didn't seem that keen on um, kind of balancing work and family life. She's very career-driven. And our communication started to, you know, dwindle. And then Leah finally reached out, and ultimately, she just wanted the relationship to end. There was just too many deal breakers for me. I didn't really feel like I had many choices in the relationship. It didn't feel as genuine as I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had enough options, enough choices. It was kind of really your way or the highway. So, you know, it's just best for us to go our separate ways. Okay. I mean, how do you feel about how things ended? Well, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be. But we obviously know that when the next right person comes along, we'll just know, too. Like. Yeah, like we did with Bert. Yeah. We were about to stop looking, and then it was yeah. like, there she was. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Seeking Sister Wife Edition. I hesitate to say that this was a good episode because it very heavily featured Guy Liner. And I've come to the realization, probably later than most of you, that they're boring. <laughs> they're like, like I, I know that I've said it before, but I hadn't really made peace with the fact that they're just like boring in general and their storyline tends to be quite bleh, you know toast with no butter like I'm thinking of the winders from last season and thinking gosh at times they were a lot more entertaining than these two which is unfortunate but other than that it was a pretty good episode so um let's talk about it I think it's gonna be quite quick uh not a whole lot of Joel Osteen and Large Wife so we're gonna begin with them they're back from LA and after five months living in the camper with their two sons and a a Labrador of some sort, they're able to move into the house that they've been building. So they're packing up and having a conversation and large wife tells us in a confessional that since they got back from LA, they just realized that Leah's ambitions with regard to having ambitions really weren't aligning with their visions for the family. And so communications kind of petered out. One day Leah hits them up to officially break up with them. And we see a little flashback of this happening. And she's like, you know, there were just too many deal breakers for me. Like I didn't really feel like I had any choices in this relationship. I felt like when we met up, it just wasn't, feeling very genuine like I was hoping and just felt like it was kind of y'all's way or the highway so you know it's also entirely possible that TLC was just using Leah as a test wife for the show and they decided not to continue their contract with her but you know what We'll, we'll move on from that we'll move on from that I mean I've had more chemistry with literally everybody who works at Trader Joe's than we ever saw Joel Osteen have with Leah. Joel chalks it up to just like things not being meant to be, right? And how he feels like the next person they find, it'll probably feel more right like it did with Bert. So speaking of Bert, where's she at, (laughs) right? So 
Um, she has her visa. She has her passport. Like, all she has to do is go to the office to get it. And, you know, if you guys know as much about 90 Day Fiance as I do, you know that once you get the visa, you pretty much have to move pretty quickly. Like, you have to be ready to go within a few weeks at most because they want people who are motivated to be in the country, I guess, and they just don't, like, let you have the visa for a year or whatever while you dilly-dally and figure out whether or not you want to come here. Like, you only have a small window of time. So they're kind of, like, trying to figure out what's going on because for the past year, things have been kind of different in their relationship with Bert. She hasn't had good internet, so they can't communicate like they used to. She got COVID at some point. She's taking care of her mother, who's got a host of health issues, and she kind of seems to be dragging her feet on getting this visa. Their immigration lawyer told her, uh, you probably need to get here like within the next week. And that was the week before (laughs) because, you know, you have to make plans. You have to buy the ticket. They don't have a ton of flights. It's not like you're going from, you know, New York to L.A. where you can get on a flight every 30 minutes. You know, they have to figure this stuff out. So and she has to go before the visa expires, obviously. So they're just like kind of wondering why she was supposed to go to the office last week and then didn't. They haven't really talked to her. So um, they don't seem as concerned about this as I would think, which is interesting. I mean, not that I would think that large wife would be concerned. She's still to me playing the game. Like I'm not sure if she got fully what she wanted out of the Leah situation, but you know, I know it was obvious to all of us that a uh, large wife was taking advantage of that situation and looking to, you know, proverbially cut Bert's hair in the middle of the night and then act like she doesn't know what happened. You know what I mean? Just like, I'm going to put another woman in here. She's really feeling like Jan Brady, you know? So like, I got to cut Marsha's hair and completely t- play innocent. But now that Leah's gone, what's her next move? And it's just to be like, I mean, talk about God giving you a message from on high. She's probably like, holy shit. Probably not holy shit because they're religious. But, you know, oh, my gosh. <laughs> now Bert's somehow, like, not being very um, excited. She's not seeming very excited about coming to America this is really working out for me. So I'm just going to ride this until the wheels fall off and act like I'm concerned. And like, we're just waiting on God's glory for Bert to come to America or whatever. And yeah, I think she's playing this game brilliantly. Honestly, give her an Emmy, give her an, a late Emmy for 2022. You know how I know this because large wife is like, gosh, you know, we don't really even know what it's like to live a plural marriage. Don't you think that's weird and maybe something we should pay attention to that, you know, we were married and we had this monogamous relationship and we still are kind of doing the same thing. So maybe, <coughs> maybe we should just continue. <coughs> um, at one point she calls Bert, um, Joel's wife. She's like, I know that she's your wife or whatever. What happened? Did, did we, did I miss something? Did we all miss something? Is that actual wife? Oh, please now. Oh, God, no. This could be the plot twist that we've all been waiting for. Nobody was waiting for it. Okay, let's move on. There was nothing to talk about, really, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, You know, large wife is like, I don't know if Bert really understands that we're really kind of actually under a time crunch with her visa. And Joel is keeping, holding on to the faith, okay? He's just like, if I don't continue to keep faithful about the situation and keep a good attitude, then I might crumble. So <laughs> he's just, he is hanging by a very thin string right now. God bless him. Um, at some point, large wife gets emotional on the interview couch and she's like, can we take a break from this? And then she gets up. I don't know what the hell she was crying about. What are you crying about? <sighs> Anyway, let's move on to, oh gosh, I guess, I guess just do guyliner. I mean, they really weren't giving me anything. Let's just talk about it. I wrote a lot of notes, more than I would have expected, but we'll see. Um, So 
Guy Liner's finally in the Philippines, right? He's so nervous about meeting Ariel, you know, incredibly, incredibly nervous that he decides to sit on their bed with all of his airplane travel clothes. He's now been in how many time zones, how many thousands of miles, stewing in those clothes, sitting next to whoever, you know, the air conditioning may or may not be working. Um, mess. With the shoes on. With the shoes on, too. That was really, that was a lot for me. Fortunately, this doesn't last for long, so maybe we got, like, a good ten second roll going with the bed. Um, because Ariel calls, and she's actually downstairs. This place is constructed, like, fucking wayside school or whatever. Stairs everywhere. It's beautiful. It's on a cliff, but, like, you really have to know where you're going because it seems like you could very easily get lost. So just lots of stairs everywhere didn't look any different one didn't look any different from the other um so they're like trying to find each other finally they managed to find each other in the middle of a staircase and um the first thing he's like can you take your mask off please i just want to see you so finally she does he's like oh thank god <laughs> oh my god like bro please find some self-esteem find some self and for all intents and purposes, Squeak, uh, Squeaky's a very good-looking girl, woman. She's very pretty, I think. She's very, like, um, she looks like the girl, and I mean this with all due, from Napoleon Dynamite. Deb, she looks like the girlfriend. Just like a, and again, with all due. Okay. I'm going to use the comparison, but, like, don't be offended by it. Okay. I think... It is my belief that um, Amber and Gary from Teen Mom have something, and Leah, their daughter, have something called Moonface, which is just, hear me out, it has nothing to do with weight, okay? Nothing to do with their weight. It's just round, okay? They just have round faces, okay? So don't come for me. It has nothing to do with their face. It's just the shape, okay? So I feel like they have, like, a, a variation on the moon face. There's just something very, like, round and pleasant about them. They seem very harmless. She, I think she's very pretty. Why is he acting like this is the best possible thing to ever happen to Like, he's never had a woman as attractive as Ariel. And again, Ariel's really stunning. But, like keep it to yourself girl like he really like cannot believe that he bagged a chick as bad as her this was really the episode where we find out that guy liner has z negative negative game it's truly hard to watch so they ariel seems actually really into this I can't even say anything about that. She seems genuinely interested in Guy Liner. She says that she's shaking and she's just wanting to hold on to his very thin and tall body until she stops shaking. And okay, great. Uh, a lot of the rest of their scenes are just like very bachelor. They're just walking along the property, up and down the stairs, holding hands, hugging each other. We can barely even see their faces because they're vacillating between like burying their faces in a hug or looking out at the ocean so boring boring most of those scenes were just like looking at their backs cool they seem very happy though so good for them so when we get back they're still holding hands around the resort and they've managed to find themselves a wicker love seat to call squeaky at cracked up i have to say ariel's like do you think she's gonna be up this late to answer the phone and she answers before the end of the first ring <laughs> she is so excited like actually squeaking on the phone and, and the excitement and the end and like the like she was surprised that ariel was on the other end of the phone she's like oh my god like justin bieber called her okay and she's so excited ariel's like i just wanted to hear your voice because i was so nervous and i figured you would calm me and you are and brief phone call ariel keeps talking about how cute squeaky is and we get a little bit more of their backstory like they met in 2017 squeaky came to the philippines on a work trip so they met because they worked for the same company at the time and they really hit it off they really clicked and ariel says you know she's obviously she's never been in a, a poly plural relationship i'm thinking in their case, in the Joneses case, I think this is a poly relationship, not a plural one. There is a difference. Okay. 
There is a difference. <laughs> um, but she says that this is her first time doing something like this. But a lot of what is calming her and making her feel like this is the right thing is her relationship with Squeaky. Um, so then once they get to their room, Ariel and Guy Liner, he, I mean, like I said, no game. He sits on the bed again with his shoes and his clothes and is like, um, so, well, she actually, I think, was like, oh, should I, um, are we going to share this room, this bedroom? And he's like, well, um, you know, I was, that would be nice, but you know, like very nice guy. You know, I, I wasn't thinking like, if you don't want to, that's fine. But like, I thought it would be nice and I would like it just so you know that I would really like it. I would be very down for that. But like, if you don't want to, that's fine. But like, I would like it, but it's okay. Like no pressure, but just letting you know, I was very into it. She's like, okay, well, really? Okay, great, 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 great. <laughs> so, um, you know, she says, again, like, she's really into him. Like, we only have a few days together. I want to make sure that we soak in every moment. Like, girl, you're about to, because those sheets are already marinating in however many airports and chairs he's been sitting in. So soak it on in, baby. Take a long shower after, a real long one. So then, oh God, it gets so awkward. So they're sitting on the bed, holding hands, but like not looking at each other. Like they're both on their backs, holding hands, right? And, you know, just very awkward. Him being like, um, you know, would you feel like maybe you wanted to kiss me at some point? And she's like, yeah, totally. And then he does that thing. Like, you guys know, if you've ever been kissed by a guy, they make this face. It's like, <laughs> straight men are so funny. They make this face. It's like part nervous, part like, oh, <laughs> like what's going on? Um, excitement. But then he just looks at her like that for too long. And so she's like, are, are we kissing now? Or he's like, well, yeah, like if you want to. She's like, well, I thought maybe we were going to make wait for like a more romantic moment than this and then he had to like get himself out of kissing mode first kiss mode and be like oh yeah yeah like we'll find another time to do it I guess yeah maybe like we'll go to the beach and sunset and we'll do it there you want to do you want to kiss later and do it there we plan on that and then they shook hands oh get me out of here finally the sun begins to go down and again, full bachelor moment. He's got dinner on the way. Dinner, by the way, turns out to be what looked like four chicken wings and a plate of rice. Thank you. And they didn't even finish it. Can you imagine? And that, that chicken looked good as hell. Good as hell. Imagine not finishing a dinner of two chicken wings. Ugh. These are not my kind of people. Um, so anyway, they're waiting for the dinner and he's standing there awkwardly. She's looking at him awkwardly. And he's talking about how beautiful this is. The sunset, the beach, you, Ariel, you're all so beautiful. Can I kiss you? Okay. You know what? I love a consensual king as much as the next girl, but like, we already talked about this. We shook on it. So like, just do it. <laughs> just do it. I didn't change my mind. We basically entered into an oral agreement, no pun intended. And I, we already taught, we like had way more of a conversation about our first kiss than two grown ass over, well, she's 28, but like over 25 year old people should be having. So we don't have to do the big speech. Just kiss me. Just, just do it. I got it. We shook on it. We're good. So they do. We have to watch it. No, no notes on that, frankly. And um, yeah, it just. Um, OK, good. I'm happy for you guys. They seem very pleased with the results of it. I great, 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 great. So then they sit down and he continues to like make it awkward by asking her if she would agree that they've been having a nice conversation that flows well and that things haven't been awkward. And it's like, you've already asked me this about three times now. <laughs> How do we have time to have other conversations that are flowing naturally if every seven minutes you're asking me how I feel about whether or not the conversation is flowing naturally? We don't have time to have one, sir. I don't know. At this point, no. 
he seems like a nice guy. Okay. I am trying to be a little bit nicer in 2022, but like, he's just not for me. He's just not for me. And I've just so many men with no game. I don't have time for it. I do not. And that's why he dates 28 year olds and not bitter 36 year olds. (laughs) Finally, we're able to see an actual conversation with them. Guyliner asking questions that were important, but also probably questions that I would have asked before I got on these planes, however many times to see you, but okay, fine. Let's, let's have it on camera. So first he says that he's been doing his research on the Philippines and Filipino culture and wants to know if it's true that Filipino women tend to enter into more traditional relationships where they're not the breadwinner, they're more at home. Is that true? Ariel says, yeah, but it's not really true for her. She's always been like an I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what I mean? And uh, she likes to do for herself and know that she can carry on for herself without, uh, you know, the help of no man. She's an independent woman who don't need no man. Okay. His face lights up. And (laughs) I really think that they were kind of having two conversations. Like, I think Sidian was trying to find the uh, feminist way of asking, um, do you expect me to fund your lifestyle? Because I don't, I can't. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think that's more of the question. Um, But fine, fine. And then he asks an even more important question in my opinion, a question I would have asked before I got on the plane, but he explains, you know, he has a trans child and they moved to Boise to make his life easier. And that, you know, he wanted to know if Ariel was okay with that. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm totally fine with it. Like, I don't have an issue. I think I'm good with kids. You know, everybody's free to free to be free to be you and me. Right. And, She's totally cool with it. That was it. That was really it. I mean, like, obviously he was happy about that. We'll move on. Like, what was he going to do if she said some, like, wild transphobic shit? You know? like You know what I mean? Like, oh, well. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's move on to Slick Nick and Wilson Phillips having their wonderful Airbnb slumber party in Aurora, Colorado. Um, like I said, they're still on their weekend getaway. April decides, <laughs> I think April was drunk most of this episode, which I don't have a problem with. It was just odd. Um, but she decides that they all need to play a drinking game of never have I ever. I don't like watching games on television, but we, this one actually answered some questions about the future of their relationship. The next question is, Never have I ever, I guess it's not a question, uh, never have I ever faked an orgasm. And Danielle looked like a deer in the headlights. And she tells us that she's kind of afraid to answer this question. She's wondering if maybe it's a trick question. And like, that's interesting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. 
Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Personally, if I had faked an orgasm before, but not with the person that I'm sitting across from, I wouldn't have an issue answering it. But the fact that you do leads me to believe that maybe you have recently faked an orgasm, Danielle. So maybe we're telling on ourselves a little too much here. Um, Nick takes a sip, meaning that he has done it. I think everybody took a sip, except for maybe Jennifer. Jennifer doesn't move very quickly, so who's to say? Um, but they're like, oh, have you faked one with us? You guys, Nick was really on one. Like, somebody gave him too much Moscato, and he was really, like, on a tear. This little man says that in the past, when he knew he wasn't gelling with women, he has faked an orgasm. Then he says he's faked one more than he would like to admit. (laughs) And, but never with them. And that in the past, you guys, I'm so sorry to admit this. He says that he would just splash lotion on their back in order to, yeah, exactly. If you guys want to take some calming breaths after that, I don't blame you. I'll, I can guide you in one and we can move on. Okay. Inhale. Let it all out. I'm so sorry to have to tell you that. Fortunately, Danielle is next and hers is never have I ever been married. And you guys like a punch to the back of my head. I completely forgot that April and Jennifer are married to each other. Now, clearly like, It's not the fact that it's two women. I just like, are you guys in a relationship or not? Because if you're not, (laughs) you're admitting to like marriage. Like, isn't that illegal? Right? Like, if you're not in a, why are you guys married? You know, I don't know. Whatever. But like, wait, why are they married? Like, what does that prove? Because if they were all just, like, I know they changed their name to whatever Slick Nicks, the Williams uh his last name but like y'all didn't have to get married to change your last name so why are you guys married like i know he said that he didn't want to marry a woman because he didn't want there to be like some sort of hierarchy or to be a perceived hierarchy but like what's the did i miss this like what is the advantage to them being married have they answered that like what what's the benefit it doesn't appear like any of them are going to the dentist anymore. Okay, sorry, that was mean. I'm going to move on. Um, so Danielle's like, I've definitely never been married before because I've never even gotten close to wanting to marry. Or maybe if I did, it was like delusional. And we're like, yeah, Danielle, you're 22. Nobody expects you to have ever almost been married. Um, so then... Nick asked Danielle why her last relationship ended. And she's like, yeah, you know, I just wasn't really interested in the guy. I found something else that was a little bit more interesting. So, you know, peace out, right? So then all this serious music starts to play. And April says in a confessional that the reveal... The reveal that Danielle might leave of a a relationship if it gets too serious is something that they had not expected. And they're really going to have to think about it before they move forward with her because they want to be in a serious relationship. Like, okay, well, that's kind of on you guys. First of all, that's not even what she said. It wasn't like, oh, it got too serious. She just said she wasn't interested in that guy anymore. But also... She's 22. Like, it, it didn't consider... Y'all didn't take into consideration or regardless of her age that maybe relationships might not be for like, what's the good? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> what I'm saying is it just, it seems like 
you would take all of that into consideration with any relationship that you would consider whether or not this person might be a person who just likes the excitement and then leaves. Like, don't we all think about that monogamous or not? But also I think when you're dating a 22 year old, you can't really be that surprised that they might not want to commit to a relationship for the rest of their lives, which is why maybe you should consider dating older people who have experiences and aren't going to be saddled into a relationship with a man talking about quantum physics after you just spent 11 hours, you know, working at the Haverty's furniture or whatever. Like at some point, 22 is going to have to stop being the magic age for Nick. Like now would be great. 10 years ago would have been good too. But you know, any, any time we'll take it anytime, <laughs> please. Ugh. So after that, uh, Jennifer, they're back to playing never have I ever. And Jennifer's is never have I ever been jealous. April takes a sip and she says, obviously she had issues when Jennifer first joined the family and she was feeling if she was enough, she was feeling the, I guess, strains of moving out of a uh, monogamous relationship. And she continues to explain that when Nick first started dating Jen, he would get all excited to go on dates with Jennifer and she'd be like, gosh, do you feel that same way about me? But she claims that Nick does a very good job of making her still feel special and on equal footing. Then Nick kind of turns things around on the other ladies talking about how he's going to potentially be jealous if those three are doing things together. And, you know, he might get FOMO from that. And it's like, why would you ever be away from them? You don't have a job, sir. <laughs> what else do you have to do? So then Jennifer says that for her, she can sometimes feel less than around April because April tends to be an alpha who commands attention. That's what she said. Um, and that she's had to learn to be comfortable enough with herself to just know that because, excuse me, she's not talking all the time. doesn't mean that she's any less of a person, which felt a little bit like shade towards April. And I would like to unpack that. Like, let's let's get into the drama. Danielle is doing that intense listening and furrowing her brow while she nods. And she says that she's like really trying to take in what, you know, Wilson Phillips are trying to say because they've been through it and they can be helpful. And it's also encouraging to her that they seem to be happy and have come out on the other side about it. So Nick's ready to go to bed and he's like, um, what was our arrangement tonight? Oh, I forgot. Um, why don't we just all share one bed? Like, I feel like that bed is big enough for all of us. And the girls are like, mm, nah, not really trying to, uh, be four of us in a, in two twin beds together. We're good. Danielle and April are talking about how they don't want to have to sleep in the crack. And I'm with you on that. And then Nick, Slick Nick, just completely out of control. Please, somebody put him to bed. He then says that he wants to sleep in the twin beds because they're smaller. Because he needs, um, Lord, he needs what he refers to as bounce back. He needs a bed with some bounce back. And then if you weren't sure what that meant, he made sure to vigorously hump the air um, in front of all the women and the cameras and America, frankly. It was like going to a Jodeci concert in 1992. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. How dare he? The ladies seem to think that this was so funny and cute and hilarious. Not this lady. Not this lady. Let's move on. Um, so then they go to their separate quarters. As we find out later, April and Danielle did decide to share the two twins pushed together. So they, they were sharing a bed for whatever reason. And so Nick and Jennifer go into their bedroom. I, I have not seen a headboard like that since the 80s. It's like the big natural wood color that has like storage so you could put like a whole shelf full of books your awards the whole thing i'm i a lot of things are happening that i haven't seen in a long time so uh they're like getting settled for bed and jennifer's taking his chain off a move that i would normally find like very romantic and intimate between couples but like in this case sir you don't have a job 
you can take your necklace off by yourself. Okay. And also we, he really could have just lifted it over that head of his. He, it, she didn't have to undo it. Okay. This is it's too much for me. He get a job. <laughs> and then we could talk about me taking your necklace off, sir. What are you tired from? You didn't even drive. You didn't even drive to the Airbnb. Ugh, this man. So Jennifer's like, you know, if you gotta sneak off into another bedroom or another bed tonight, like that's no problem. I'll probably be asleep. And then he's like, oh, I was planning on it. You'll definitely be asleep. And then he does this like, <laughs> like Muttley. You guys remember Muttley, the cartoon dog? Ugh, he's so gross. Not Muttley. I'm talking about Nick. Um, so yeah, he... This man, Nick says in an interview that it would be really tough for him to satisfy his sexual drive in a purely monogamous relationship. And it's a lot of pressure to put on one person because they can only take so much. <laughs> Gross. Gross, bro. Ew, what are you doing to these women? Because Jennifer and April were sitting there while he was talking about that. And they were like, yeah, he's right, boy. He is right. Can't handle it. Ew. And what was April doing for all of those years um, that they were in a monogamous relationship? Good gravy. No wonder she had no problem giving up her bed for the night. Like, please give me a break. Please. So it turns out Jennifer actually got black matching silk pajamas like... Hugh Hefner style for the girls. And at this point, like you guys have to agree that they really did look like Wilson Phillips in those mashing outfits. Like you can't deny it. And I'm just the truth teller. Okay. I don't mean any harm. I just, I see what I see. And I have to tell you guys, cause I'm a journalist. Um, so they're all in their matching outfits and he's like, oh, this is so adorable. And I just need this man to like find different verbiage for like when he gets excited about the women, he talks about them like they're children. Like last week he called Jennifer like his little girl and now he's calling them adorable. And I just, mm, something's weird. I mean, we already knew that, but like there was something else going on. Danielle says in a confessional that she really likes to be included with the matching PJs or whatever, but she's also having to work through her jealousy because she's watching Nick kiss April and Jennifer and wondering why she's not the recipient of all the kisses. And um, she's wondering if she's not a willing to accept Nick loving other women aside from her. She's really going to have to think about whether or not this is a right fit for her. What? Okay. What do you guys think about? I think about things constantly. Okay. <laughs> like if I was about to enter into a relationship, I would have thought of all of these questions before you guys could even ask me to sign the release to put a mic pack on and record this show. Like I don't understand how they're like, okay, let's date each other. You want to come on a show? Definitely. And then once you get on the show, we're now how many episodes in? Six? And in episode six, she's asking, I'm wondering if I can be okay with him dividing his affections amongst other women. Girl, how would that not be question number one for you, Danielle? <laughs> like, what? That seems like at least top three. At least top three. All right, y'all. Let's end on Brindle and the Pink Panther. My God. Thank you for beginning this episode with Jaden continuing to just like go in on the Pink Panther, her father, about how disgusting he is and how if he gets another girlfriend, she's just like not going to come around anymore. And at that point, he can decide between the girlfriend or Jaden. This man is a dick. He's a monster and he's a bad father. He says in a confessional that it's not fair to make him choose between his daughter and a potential girlfriend. But then he also says that he needs to make sure that this is a right decision because they're doing all of this. The whole reason for him to be in a plural relationship is to make a better family unit. 
So he's not even talking about April. He was just talking about any potential woman. He is now putting like 50-50 with his daughter, this like mysterious potential woman in the future. Like what? What is going on? Like he's not even in a situation where he's like, I've met somebody, it's so special, it's undeniable, and now my daughter's not into this, and oh my god, like, you're just talking about a maybe woman. You're like, I shouldn't be forced to choose. It kind of seems like you've already chosen, Steve. It really did not seem to me like at any point this guy had, like, true empathy or concern about this whole situation. Not at any point. So, um, then... Like, if this is for you to have a better family and your daughter is saying, I will get out of this entire family unit <laughs> if you get another girlfriend, it's very clear to me that this is not, this decision is not making your family any stronger. Like, what's not clicking, Steve? What's not clicking? Jane's brother, Preston, tries to calm everything down and be like, Hey, I'm not even fully supportive of this whole thing either, but I'm just trying to have a good attitude about it. Sister, if you could have one too, that would be great. Jane's not trying to hear any of this. Okay. (laughs) And she says, she just like continues to go right on in. Like her brother didn't say anything. She's like, you know, it just sounds like you didn't love your wife enough. My mom. And (laughs) The camera zooms right in on Brindle's face. And it's just like, like she knew she, she could not even look these children in the eye. She knows that what she's doing is wrong. Girl. Steve is getting increasingly pink at this point. And he's like, well, no, you know, that's not the case. Like that's not the situation that happened with your mom. And He says that in a confessional, he's like, you know, sorry, Brindle says in a confessional, you know, I'm not really in the business of trying to change the mind of a teenager. So that's why she said, you know, she didn't rather she didn't say anything in the moment. And she's like, you know what, I'm going to let step back and let Steve handle it. So Steve at this point has been like trying to like, gee, golly, gosh, I just, I don't know what to do. And I don't, gosh, I'm in a real pickle right now. Like, I'm not sure how to navigate all of this. And Jaden's still not trying to hear it. So Panther asked Jaden and Preston, like, can you guys just keep an open mind and open communication about all of this? And Jaden won't even look at her father and just like gives one thumbs up. But she's shaking her head the entire time. So after the kids leave, Panther says he's like still trying to process what happened and he and Brindle sit down on the bed and he's like, you know, um, we've had plenty of conversations in the past about having a plural family like with the kids. So I don't understand where all of this coming is coming from. Right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So Steve says in an interview that after he got a divorce with his first wife, that they, he and Brindle took a break from seeking, but they've always known that this was the type of relationship that they ultimately wanted to be in. So 
then he goes, gosh, I just don't understand why Jaden wouldn't give me an ultimatum. And then he like stops like, oh, he's getting choked up. He's about to cry. You guys, no, no. If he was as upset as he was pretending to be, he would have gotten a little bit pinker. Did not notice that. Okay. Um, he like kind of tries to bury his head in his hands and Brindle's like, oh, are you okay? Like, bro, you're not crying. I have watched so many housewives fake, fake a tear. I know what the hell I'm looking at. Okay. Don't, don't play me. I don't, I watch every season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I know a fake tear when I see one. And half of those women have actual SAG cards and acting credits. Okay. I'm like Steven Spielberg to this shit. I know, I know what I'm seeing. All right. Anyway, um, I hate this man. (laughs) And I just thought that I would like surface hate him for like being a weirdo who like wants to marry a woman half his age, but now he's just like a bad dad, bad dad. That's what might be what I'm going to call him now. So, um, Brindle says that she knows that, you know, Steve tends to get emotional when it's about the kids, but again, he was not emotional. Okay. And then Brindle says that this situation hurts her because she knows how much Steve loves the kids. But again, he does not seem personally hurt by this situation. Don't, don't think he cares. And also I think it's weird that like you've been in these children's lives for the better part of a decade, I'm guessing. And you're like, you don't seem to feel anything towards these children. Like that might be a lot of the reason why Jane's not fucking with y'all. Have you ever considered that? I'm still not over the fact that Jaden didn't even know she was supposed to be hanging out with her dad that day. Like that really, I think that really speaks volumes about the relationship. And like, truthfully, the fact that he, Steve would be so, up his own ass that he would think pulling up on his teenage daughter unannounced to play happy family horsey time and then announce that you want to date another girl was going to end well like that means you know nothing not a thing about your daughter (laughs) steve finally is able to admit that there was a rough patch after the divorce because Jaden didn't like Brindle and felt like Brindle was the primary reason that he and his wife, their mom, got a divorce, even though it wasn't true. You've been saying all of these episodes that she got increasingly uncomfortable with the lifestyle. The lifestyle being Brindle being up in her house. <laughs> like what life, what lifestyle did you think it was? Of course it was Brindle. Y'all got to keep your story straight, okay? You can't be saying one thing and then and then telling me three episodes later that it's the exact opposite and you don't understand why anybody thinks that. Like, come on, bro. Oh, God. So, um, what happens after that? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> We're almost done. I promise you. So then he does the most diabolical thing of all. He turns this victimization right back around to him and being like, gosh, you know, I guess the last five years that we stopped looking didn't count for anything. And I'm just still this evil person. Ew. Ew. This is your child, bro. Like, what is not clicking? You're not, you guys are not on equal footing. There's not a situation in which you were the victim to your child being unhappy with your decisions. Like, You're not a victim to that. She is. And to act like, well, I gave her a five-year break. Didn't that count for anything? Why would it? (laughs) It doesn't even make sense. He's weird, y'all. He's weird. Oh, my God. So, (sighs) Brindle says in a confessional that it just feels like the between the relationship issues that she's having with April and the issues she's having with Jaden, she's just like, really stressed out because she feels like she really does try with both of them. And then she starts crying. Okay. So Brindle says that her issue with Jaden is that she feels like all the effort that she's made doesn't mean anything or heal anything or change her mind. And with April, she feels like she's invited her into her home. She's given her a beverage. That's a very deep cup reference. Let me know if you know what I'm talking about. But she's invited her into her home and she's basically just feeling like April only wants to have a relationship with Steve. And 
She's asking for communication. All she wants from April is just that they communicate and they're transparent. And she feels like nobody, like a total nobody in this relationship. But girl, again, a lot of this relies on Steve. Like if he's the one who wants another girlfriend, then he also needs to be responsible for making sure that like you're taken care of and that all of you guys are a cohesive unit. And yet he just sits there and does nothing but shave his chest and make sure that his boat has enough gas in it. He does nothing for any of you guys. And then he's like, gosh, why is this nothing getting me nowhere? I, (laughs) I am shocked. I am absolutely shocked. Unbelievable. So Steve asked Brindle what he should do. And she's like, well, you know, I just think that maybe you should just, we should just keep talking about being in a plural relationship and just keep doing exactly what we're doing. And then keep talking to them about it. Even though your daughter just said that she will not continue a relationship with you (laughs) if you do. And then maybe they'll just like not look at it as a scary, weird thing. Okay. Okay. Well, Look at what not talking and not speaking up for yourself has done for you, April. Brindle, sorry. Um, at this point. So <laughs> let's try it, girl. Oh my gosh. Then a producer asks Steve if there's anything else he wants to say about this whole situation. And then he says, nothing on camera that I might regret. Why would you even say that again about a situation involving your child? Like, what tell us what you would say that you think you might regret saying on national tv that is so weird to say (laughs) about a situation involving your child like i can't i can't with him and i'm done okay i'm done (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening thank me for speaking be back next week